on the Boss Man Show, friend of the show, Brad Bett had him on before talking about ETSU. Now we're going to talk about a lot of TNC politics, a little more ETSU stuff, and all things TNC politics and around the country. Brad, how have you been, my brother? Good to talk to you again, man. I'm good. It's good to see you and chat with you again. Uh, so uh, it's it's uh, things are going, you know, for myself personally are fine, but, uh, you know, in the state of Tennessee, uh, there's a lot of troubling things going on now that our legislature just ended, so I'm I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about today. Brad, I'm concerned first and foremost about the Tennesseans because Bill Lee and the supermajority GOP evilly repealed the federal unemployment benefits for people, and Tennesseans yeah. are some of the poorest in, in in the nation, some of the lowest paying jobs in the nation, and you think it's people not want to go to work. And that's the problem. The problem is low, the low-paying jobs, the non, not having Medicaid, not want to fund, you know, head start programs, education programs. But you, they're so pro-life, Brad. But when the baby gets here, they don't want to give the baby any benefits. It's, I, 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 how can you be that way? Well, I, I call it pro-birth, not pro-life. I call it pro-pro-birth. But it's like these people in the legislature of Tennessee swear they're so holy and pious, but the policies are right down racist and evil, man. I, I think it all boils down to how they see other people, and I don't think they see community in the sense of that we're all human beings and we all deserve to be here. We all deserve to be able to live a life where we can make money to meet our needs and feed our family and um, be housed and clothed and uh, have access to an education and opportunities to succeed. Uh, you know, just to take kind of one by one there, the unemployment assistance, we're rejecting federal assistance. I mean, it, it is bad enough that this legislature didn't act. They brag about Tennessee's rainy day fund. And for a year plus during a pandemic, during a once in a 100 year pandemic, they didn't say, oh, it's time for our rainy day fund. Exactly. They did nothing. They, they catered to corporations, to their donors, to themselves, but they left the worker, the average Tennessean who's just trying to make ends meet and go about his or her life, they left them hanging. And so my first question is, why do we have a rainy day fund? It was pouring this last year. It's pouring people. If we're not gonna pull out the rainy day fund, during a pandemic, why do we even have it? Why do they brag about it? But then on top of not doing that, on top of not taking action, the federal government took action. And now inexplicably, they have rejected this assistance that let's be clear, isn't costing Tennesseans anything. It is helping, it was helping families. What it wasn't helping were business owners who want to pay their workers low wages, below poverty wages. They want to pay, you know, seven, eight, nine dollars an hour. And they're outraged that people can say no. So, you know, to me, when people have a little bit of power, that's a good thing. But yes. this TNGOP legislature, they don't like it. Um, and, you know, that's our tax money that we paid in. We've paid federal taxes. We pay that money in. And now that we're getting a little bit back, they are outraged, and I think it's frankly insulting that Bill Lee and others have inferred and said outright that Tennesseans are lazy and don't want to work because that's not um, the people I know uh, at all. So I, I think it's really insulting what they've done. And Brad, 
Bill Lee comes from privilege. As the, the Lee company, right? That's his company, right? The Lee company. How can yep. you speak like that when you come from privilege? You know, as I told Vincent, I grew up poor, Brad. I know what I know what living in a red state can do for you policy-wise. I've lived these bad policies. I know about the potholes and Vine City in Atlanta, where I grew up at over there, man. I know what it's about, man. I see it's all around me. Yeah. Why is Bankhead look the way it looks versus Buckhead? Come on, they're like policy wise, I see what bad policies do. I know what small government, local control, how bad it is, what it really means. But as I said in the previous in the interviews I've done, that no, it's local control when it suits your interest. But it's about big government when it doesn't suit your interest. Oh, let me overreach when it does what I want it to do, right? So for small government, people who don't have anything like oh, retirement for programs, education, health care, small government. But corporate tax breaks or controlling what you can and cannot do, who the election commissions, oh, we love big government. And oh, if something bad happens, we love big government too. Well, they, you know, they, they, they talk about small government, but what they really mean is just them and their very small group of buddies running everything. Yes. Uh, we, what government is supposed to be and what we know it should be is we the people. It is supposed to be a representation of everyone. And our government at every level, city, county, state, federal, is supposed to represent our interests. And what we have going on right now, and it's similar in several red states, is literally a gerrymandered uh, our state legislatures in, in Tennessee, certainly, and in other states, are gerrymandered to keep this supermajority, which isn't representative of the people of Tennessee. And that's how they stay in power. And we saw just after this election, there has been a slate from state to state to state, in your state, Georgia, and other states, of these uh, election laws passed to suppress the vote of people who the GOP do not want to vote or do not think are entitled to vote or somehow want to silence those voices at the ballot box. It's despicable. Um, it's despicable that we have politicians at every level, level that either repeat the big lie that there was somehow election fraud or that the presidential election was stolen, or you have the other ones that they might not say that outright, but they kind of, with a wink and a nod, they allow that lie to perpetuate because it suits their interests. And it's just not true. And every single person deserves to have their voice heard at the ballot box. So when we have politicians that are trying to rig the system in their favor, I find that extremely, extremely concerning and anti-democratic. And I'm, I'm shocked the TNT GOP hasn't tried it yet. I'm waiting on them to try it. I, I know that's probably coming next. Like, these guys are evil. These, But these same men who... We're voted in the last election, so it was rigged for you. It was rigged against you too, then, right? It was so rigged, right? How did how, how did you all win your seats? It was so rigged, but that's the part that everyone answered. And I feel like the reporters don't do a good job of holding them accountable on that. So if it's such a bit a false election, so we should do a recount on your on your election too, right? But I don't hear them doing that. They just let them get away with the lie. Well, when you keep people struggling, it's really hard. Look, it's it's really hard to keep a level of enthusiasm around these things, especially when you have a supermajority that is wielding their power. I mean, even like the last time we talked was when all, everything at ETSU was going down uh, and, and the coach leaving and, and uh, everything surrounding that. 
I mean, that's mostly died down out of the news. There's still people that care about it, but you know, the, the racists got real loud. They had their voices heard and they're fine. They've silenced the people they wanted to silence. And now, you know, most of our community, I would say, has kind of moved on. I mean, people have families, they got kids, they're trying to pay their bills, they got healthcare concerns. It's hard to stay really involved and energetic about these tough issues, especially when you start to feel like, gosh, you know, can we do anything? Can anything be done? But they are so important. And I think we have to hold the GOP's feet to the fire going into 2022. I mean, Bill Lee has been a terrible, extreme governor. He is, he is not moderate. He is not mainstream. He is an extreme far-right governor uh, that I don't think is doing the will of the Tennessean people. He's doing the will of his donors and the billionaires that he wants to kind of kiss up to and rise through the ranks. Uh, and I, I think that's one of the big problems we have in uh, GOP politics today that, you know, these people aren't just looking at governing the state. That's a stepping stone from them. They all want to be president or have some other bigger job. Or They're not trying to, he's not trying to do what's right for Tennessee. He's not trying to do what's right by the workers. He's trying to do what's best for his buddies that are in business, like the company he inherited. And, and you know, look, you're allowed to give your money when you pass on to your kids. There's nothing wrong with that. But Bill Lee's got to recognize where he came from. Exactly. His grandfather started that company. He his. Has Bill Lee ever looked for a job? Has Bill Lee ever beat the pavement? Has Bill Lee ever had to put his electronic application in 50, 100, 300 times and have it rejected by a computer system that, you know, where they don't even look at your resume, like you're just kind of automatically get, has he had to go through any of that? I think the answer is no. He started working for his grandfather's company right out of college. I mean, so he has had things handed to him and it's fine to have an advantage. What's not okay is to pretend that you did it through hard work and achievement and like you didn't have a huge advantage over another kid in Tennessee that was born into a poor family that was struggling, that couldn't just hand you. You know, we have to talk about this economic disparity. And the problem is we have a supermajority that not only wants to not discuss it, they want to perpetuate it. They want to keep it going because it serves their interests and it helps them make lots of money on the backs of workers. And I, I think that's probably one of the biggest issues we need to address in this state and our country. And also healthcare, boy. Like I keep saying, it, like they should expand ten care. It's one point four billion dollars of free money from the federal government that will ensure over three hundred thousand Tennesseans put them on Medicaid. And expand 10 care like and you know like it's just boggles my mind that people like here georgia and tennessee and alabama some of the poorest states mississippi who some of the poorest states would want to work with social health care rates in the country refuse to expand medicaid but it's, it's a common theme is they're ran by republicans in, in red states who don't give a damn about anybody but themselves like you said yeah i mean health care is another thing that locks workers into jobs and steals their choice from them. Uh, it also totally uh, suppresses entrepreneurship because going out on your own, as I've worked in the entrepreneur community here and startup community, one of the biggest fears is like leaving your job that has good health care. So, you know, we're, we're stopping innovation. We're preventing people from starting small businesses or moving to their small business idea full time 
because they're locked down with health care if they have it to a company. Or you have hundreds of thousands of Tennesseans, like you said, that, that, don't, that don't have health care at all. It's not only free money from the government that you're talking about, that is Medicaid money that we should be taking, that we're losing over a billion dollars a year. It's our money. We paid it in and we're getting nothing for it. Our return on investment's terrible. And the only reason we're not doing it is because of this extreme legislature. And they don't want people, they want to keep people desperate. I mean, I don't want to think that, but I'm just looking at what they're doing. They want to keep people desperate and without choices. And when you're just trying to pay your bills, you're just trying to make rent, you're working a second job to make ends meet, you don't have time to, to do anything else. You don't have time to stand up against them. You don't have time to organize. You don't have time to vote them out. You're just trying to feed your kids and your family. And, and that's where they're keeping Tennesseans poor, unable to pay their bills without healthcare when they get sick. Uh, it's a tragedy and it's wrong. And we're we are not getting a return on our investment from our legislature at all. And Brad, when I go to Nashville, I go to a certain part of the town where they're justifying it's the town. They're pushing people out of their homes. They can't, Nashville, you can't afford to live in Nashville right now if you don't make a certain amount of money. You know, comfortably, you can't live in Nashville. You know, Memphis, same right. thing. Knoxville probably said that too. Like, so the cost of living's going up and I'm not helping Tennesseans. You know, they get forced out of their homes or it's I mean, domain gets in, enacted. Where do they go? An apartment. So nobody's building any wealth. E e economic equality, the, equi the economic equality gap is getting wider for them to have and the have-nots. I mean, where it is sad. And, you yeah. know, even though you might not agree with someone I, 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 ideology, but come on, Billy and the Republicans, they're your, we, we're your constituents. You might not like us when we don't disagree with your policies, but don't act like we don't exist. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. Brad, my problem is this, that politicians, people and people in power just be like, well, you're not one of my voters. I, I don't care what you think. No, you took an oath to represent your district or the people. Or in his case, I'll say Tennessee, everybody. And it's just sad, yeah. Brad, that people just get so locked in their donors, their parsing tunnel vision, forget about the main thing, the people. Yeah, the, the, our, the gov our government should be pushing the interests of Tennesseans at every point. They should be asking themselves, how do we make every Tennessean's lives better? I think Vincent said that on your last show, right? Like, how, how do we improve things? But this... GOP, I guess they just think this is the best we can do. I, I don't like that approach. I mean, not in my business, not in my personal life. It, it, no point do I just sit back and say like, well, that's it. I've done the, you know, I can't do anything else. I can't improve anything in any way. That's an absurd way. It would be an absurd way to run a business. Uh, it, it's an absurd way that we're running our government where we're just sitting back and saying, yep, this is it. $7.25 an hour is the best we can do for minimum wage, guys. We can't, we can't improve healthcare at all. We, we are one of the number one states in hospital closures. So you know, as we talk about like refusing Medicaid, those decisions that this extreme GOP has made year after year over the last five, six plus years, that has an effect, a negative effect on all Tennesseans. You know, here in Johnston City, we have a huge medical district. Ballard is, is huge here after the merger a few years ago. So we have more access than a lot of uh, areas in rural Tennessee. But what's happening is as those hospitals close in rural areas, well, you got to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. If you're sick, 
if you got a broken leg or if you get injured working on the farm, you have to go somewhere. So the end result is you don't have a hospital near you. Now you're being transported by ambulance, maybe an hour or two to get to somewhere where you can have a level, you know, three trauma center, what the, what you need to fix if you have a broken leg or whatever's going on. So the, those distances that you're driving in an ambulance that you're riding, that has a negative effect on the health of Tennesseans. That is causing people to die where they could have been saved if their hospital that was local was still open. But those hospitals have closed because we have refused this money. We've refused this billion dollars a year that could have gone to those hospitals to keep them open and keep healthcare better for everyone involved. So even if you're not one of those 300,000 plus Tennesseans that would be that would receive an immediate benefit by expanding TennCare, everyone in Tennessee uh, benefits by keeping those hospitals open. Because you know, if a hospital closed, you can show up with a briefcase full of cash, but there's still no doctors, you know. Exactly. So as these hospitals close, like it, if, even if you have the best healthcare in the world, the hospitals closed. So we've got to talk about these issues. But the GOP gets everyone in the us versus them mindset. So I think the people that have healthcare, maybe with their job and things like that, they don't realize that this is hurting you too. Even if you're not on ten care, this is hurting you. Their decisions are having a negative effect on the healthcare uh, accessibility to all Tennesseans. And Brad, I feel like this is where the Democrats should message on this even better. Like talk about like the healthcare, like the medical marijuana thing is something else too. Uh, raising the minimum wage, how they're affecting your pockets, your everyday issues, they're affecting your schools, your healthcare. Like I feel like messaging should be this very laser focused on these issues and show how these people like Rusty Crow and others don't care mm -hmm. about you. Even, even if they say they don't because their policies say, screw you, it's about my money, give me get, keeping it in my office, my donors, and my, I aspire to be something bigger and better than in the Republican Party. I feel like they should message on these issues every day, minimum wage, the health care, schools, you know, and I feel like people can get behind it. But I feel like they just play the game red versus red versus blue people get tuned out of it. Talks about the issue at hand, get break that wall down, say, hey, this is this is what we're about, what they're about, then you make the choice there. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think as a, as a Democrat, for me, I, I want to promote the policies that help everyone do better in their lives. So that, that means that, that you should have access to healthcare, that you should have access to a living wage, that your kids are going to get a quality education, whether you live right here in Johnson City or out in Fall Branch or in Sulphur Springs, Every child deserves an education and you deserve that. And you don't, you shouldn't have poorer schools in your area just because you, your area is uh, experiencing economic downturn. Everyone deserves to have a quality education. And what we can't do is allow Bill Lee to continue to try to funnel public dollars into private pockets with what, the, what they're trying to do with the education voucher system. I mean, this is profiteering at our children's expense. We have to focus on these things. We, when I ran for state house here, uh, it was education, the in the economy, and healthcare are the top three things. I mean, this is what all of us need. All of us, you across the board, everyone at some point is going to need healthcare. Every every child needs to be educated, and we have adults that 
could use some educational uh, and, and job training opportunities as well, especially with changing workforces. And as some careers are going away or more difficult and people are moving into different careers, uh, and our economy has got to function for everyone. I, I mean, I, I think that some on the right have this uh, skewed view that Democrats or leftists or progressives or whatever you want to label us want everything to be equal. You know, if, if, if I get a stake, you get a stake. Or if I, you know, like if I drive, you, you know, a certain type of car, everyone, it's not about a quality of outcome. It is about a quality of opportunity. And the first thing we've got to do is recognize the disparities we have, which run along socioeconomic lines, which run along race lines, which run, you know, we have generational poverty and we have to do better. We can do better. But the reality is over the last 30, 40, 50 years, all the economic gains in America overwhelmingly have gone to the very, very, very top 1%. I'm not talking about people that make a couple hundred thousand a year. I'm talking about multi, multi, multi-millionaires and billionaires. And I think they're robbing workers of being able to share in America's success and in Tennessee's success. We've got to change our mindset on this, but this GOP isn't going to do it. I, you know, I just watched the last couple of weeks as they shamed people for getting pandemic money and they insulted Tennessee and saying no one wants to work. But there was just a, an op-ed that came out in the Tennessee Lookout today with a list of all the TNGOP legislators that took PPP money. And I wow. mean hundreds of thousands and in some cases millions of dollars and so they are shaming people on the one hand, saying, I can't believe you take that 300 a week and no one wants to work and you're lazy and all this terrible stuff. And they got their hand out for hundreds of thousands of dollars at the same time. That takes some, I don't know what the word is. I want to say, you know, gumption. Courage, like to, some gumption. Yeah. Like, like you, it, it's amazing that you're going to stand there and tell Tennesseans they're lazy while you got the government writing you checks and you're just trying to hide it and pretend like you didn't take that money. But I think in their mind, some of them think they deserve it, but your average worker doesn't. And, and that's where I depart from them completely. Everyone deserves to be able to make a living. Uh, so I think they're hypocritical and, and what they're doing is, is, is hurting Tennesseans. And I hate it. I hate it. And they gave themselves a raise too. Yeah, they gave themselves an office allowance or something else, and uh, you know, I—it's uh, not surprising. It, it's not—it's not surprising. I, I think we have far too many members that are uh, their opinion of themselves is very high, you know, and their opinion of others um, is very low. And and I think one of the commonalities is they, they have a lot of advice, a lot of solutions for problems they've never dealt with themselves, you, you know, and and you can't bring rich people solutions to poor people problems. You can't bring white man solutions to a black man's problems. You cannot bring, you know, they, they have solutions for situations they've never been in and they don't understand. And, and, and it comes from not wanting to understand and not listening. And that's where we are. So that's why it's important that you keep, you know, shouting from the rooftops and Vincent and everyone else to say, look, this is going on. You can't just keep ignoring us. And Brad, I'm gonna tell you, I got an email from a listener the Vince interview asked me, why do you care about Tennessee politics? Stay your blank, stay your black, no good blank in Georgia. 
I said, well, did you have you, have you heard? I said, I have a house in Tennessee still. And I care about people. I care about right and wrong. So I'm on shot from the rooftops. You should worry about your sports, whatever you do. I, I care about what? people. Why aren't they worried? I mean, I, I understand that when I watch the videos of people standing in line 8, 10, 12 hours to vote in Georgia, I understand that's not my state. I understand I don't know any of those people in line. I don't think I do. Like, But aren't you outraged? Aren't you exactly. outraged as an American that can't you see something and say that is so wrong? And then when you see people trying to perpetuate that injustice, how are you not outraged? Why are you, you know, why would someone be mad at you or me for being upset about an obvious injustice? My question is, why aren't you with us? Exactly. And why should I need to shut up and worry about sports? It's that same mindset, Brad, shut up and dribble. Why should I shut up about something I care about? Because I root in Tennessee and in Georgia, so I do care. I care about all over the country, people that have a right to vote. You know, I care about that. I care people that have, have health health care because I know how it is. Like you said, Brad, I grew up poor. I know what it is, you know. And what I hate, Brad, I get email responses saying, well, you're not poor now. Who? That, that, that's beside the point. I know mm -hmm. that I have lived experience of being marginalized and being poor. I'm someone they took to their plight. I want to shine a light on what I grew up and know about personally. And that yeah. that whole grandstand, like, oh, well, you're not poor now. And why, why are you running about it? Because it, it matters. People are suffering, Brad. It mm -hmm. matters, listeners. So we should all be outraged and want to care about our, our fellow man and be able to survive and live comfortably and not have to scrounge or, you know, skip meals just, just to get by through the whole week or skip, you know, turn off the lights for hours and save money. Like, come on now. Why, why would we accept poverty in America? That, that would be a good question. For the, what level of poverty are you, are, are you willing to accept? What level of poverty are we willing to accept? Why do we tolerate that every other modern country in the world has way better health care than us? Exactly. Why do we, we spend more money individually coming out of our own pocket on health care than other countries that have far better access far far better medical care that it doesn't cost them anything when when you talk to people in other countries about having a baby and they find out like having a kid in america costs you know 10 20 30 000, but they are, are baffled they don't, it is so foreign to them that it would cost you money for routine regular health care we have to acknowledge this is an insane system that we are allowing to be perpetuated. And the system works for the huge corporations and mm -hmm. the billionaires. That's what we're, why would we accept any amount of poverty in America? Why, exactly. why would we do that? Exactly. And we but, should. You know, and I, I know they talk about the left, so we talk about children. But let's start with kids, because can't we all agree that are a two- or three-year-old deserves to you know live in a safe house and and have enough food and have be able to see a doctor can like i, I want to feel like we could find commonplace there right but i'm sure we we'd find some people that say no, like i understand it's the parents responsibility i get it we're we all are individuals and we have our own responsibilities but we got neighbors too mm -hmm. uh, you know i mean love your neighbor that's kind of a core 
premise in, in anyone's belief instead of moral values, we got to start loving our neighbor. And, you know, I understand if I saw my neighbor was hungry, I could walk over and bring some food. We've got to do that at a, at a state level and make sure that everyone's got enough opportunity to provide for their family. I mean, th this is not a complicated concept. It, it's so frustrating because I don't understand why more people aren't on board with the idea that we have to strive to eliminate poverty and to give people the best opportunities um, and, and that that's what America should be. And Brad, I'll just give you my personal experience. I know I had to go to free clinics, free charity clinics as a, as a child or play a sport to get a free physical to get to see a doctor. So it took playing sports and or having a, a charity free clinic to get health care when I was growing up. Um, one of those clinics helped save my aunt's life for a little while. It caught her having cancer. The free clinic did because she couldn't afford to go to a doctor. Just think she could, have, mm -hmm. she could have caught the cancer earlier, potentially, and it not been as hard as it was. She beat it originally, but it came back. But if it wasn't for a charity clinic, Brad, she would have died mm -hmm. quicker. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, it's, for me, Brad, is lived experience. But Brad, I'm going to tell you what I get from listeners. You're lying. It's not that bad. You, your parents didn't work hard enough. And your parents didn't pray hard enough. That, that's why you had the, the plight you had. I'm like, really? Mm. This list was this list was not sending me emails, Brad. They just have have no clue. I well, well, I think that's part of the problem we got right now. Where you know this is a term now people talk about gaslighting, right? Well, they lie to us, but the gaslighting is very specifically lying and and making you think that something that happened didn't, right? Or or that something like make it misrepresenting events. And this is the GOP is gaslighting Tennessee all day long, every day. Mm -hmm. They say we're the best. They say Tennessee's the best. I, I mean, the, the last representative, uh, Micah Van Huss, before Tim Hicks was in here, he said Tennessee has one of the best economies in the nation. We were 29th or 30th, depending on who. Maybe he didn't know there's 50 states, right? Like, I don't know why he thinks that's the best. 29th or 30th out of 50 is not the best. But let's acknowledge our realities, first of all. But but they don't. They They want to live in a different reality. And it especially, it especially holds true when rich white men are talking to poor people or black people or women or anyone that isn't just like them. They gaslight you and they tell you your experience isn't your experience. And, and that is so ridiculous. Uh, and, and I think they don't understand anyone outside of themselves. You know, and this is why for me, I think it's really important to stand up for rights of everyone else. I think it's the easiest thing in the world to stand up for yourself. It's the easiest thing in the world to say, I was wrong. Someone better make this right. But to stand up for someone else whose life experience you haven't lived, I think that that's what we all should be doing. You know, I, I should be standing up for you when you have problems as a black man in America that I don't have. And I should listen, even if I don't get it at first, right? Like, even if I'm like, why that really happened? Like, it may not make sense mm -hmm. because it doesn't make sense. You know, racism doesn't make sense. Perpetuating poverty doesn't make sense. Denying people health care doesn't make sense. But, like, your lived experience may not make sense to me at first. But if I listen and try to understand, you know, that, then it's going to click eventually. Or, But we should at least start with believing each other. 
and Brad, I would say is, is I won't name the person in the church, but I'd cut off two people who are conservative. They're, they're very Christian and religious who told me that politics does not solve everything. And then I said, well, everything we do is deals with politics, even from your death certificate to birth certificate is politics, but in government, but okay, I digress. <laughs> uh, told me that systemic racism does not exist, um, that Jesus did not make, make it that way. And told me mm -hmm. that I've bought into the radical left narrative. And I'm like, first of all, uh, you two, I'm telling you about my lived experiences here and what other people who you don't who you don't understand. See, because I have a little status in a radio show, you you'll hear me out. But the people who grew up where I grew up at, you won't hear them out. I'm I'm speaking for them, telling you how it really is. But if you tell me you love Jesus so much, Jesus would not stand for the policies you stand for and, and, and agree with. And I, I talk about the, and I talk about the slavery. Um, they use religion to control the, the slaves, keep them in line. The, the, the Bible that you love and quote, it was used as proxy and the hanging lines, the, the, the firing squads was right by the churches. And then Lafferty says what he said in, in, in session. And I'm like, it just brings it all together. And I'm bright. I'm like, 2021, people think this way. These, these two supposed Christians told me, I need to pray up JR. You need to pray about it, JR. If you pray about it, and you'll clear your mind, and it will get better, Brad. That's what they told me, Brad. You no, know I did. I told him, "F you, go to hell <laughs> and be blessed." And cut them that off. Not, good. <laughs> that is not a prayer. That is not a prayer, Jr. <laughs> that is, you know, when has ignoring a problem ever fixed it? You know, no. if if you got a problem, if you've got like a pain in your leg or something, and you ignore it for a few months, does it ever just fix? No, like you got to go see a doctor. If you if you got a leak in your house, you don't just ignore it. You don't say let's well let's stop talking about the leak. You know, it's it's like if your kitchen's on fire and you just say well let's just go have coffee in the living room. But it's still, the fire's still going to be there, whether you ignore it or not. But I, I think that's there is a deep shame in America and rightfully so. And I think some white people don't want to admit it when it comes to race issues. Like we don't want to admit our failure. I mean, we should be ashamed of our history from the standpoint of, of slavery and civil rights and how long we've denied black people rights in America and continue to maybe in a different way than 50 years ago, but it ain't fixed. It's not fixed, and and we have people that just don't want to discuss it, and uh, they don't want to discuss anything that's outside of their idea that Tennessee's the best, we're the best country, we have the best God, we have the best jobs, we have the best boats, we have the, like, it is just this ridiculous, it, it's kind of like a multi-level marketing scam, right? Like, they yes. just keep telling you you're the best that doesn't make you the best, that doesn't like we have, and if you think we are as the best that we can ever be, then step out of the way. Because I promise you the younger generations have some ideas in mind. And they're, I don't think they're going to put up with it. I, I think Gen Z and below, like, they see things differently. And, and they're so far removed from a boomer mindset. They're, they're saying it doesn't have to be this way. They see exactly. what's up in other countries. They're like, wait, friend. They got, you know, six, eight weeks of vacation. They go on holiday for like a month and can, like they have lives outside of just 
having to work and, you know, be uh, kind of shackled to this job to just be able to pay your bills at the end of the month. That's not what the, America should aspire so much more than that, than this idea that we're just going to toil away every week to just barely make it. That's not an American dream. That's an American nightmare. That's absurd. So, you know, I, I think we've got to make investment. We can't just sit back and say, yeah, this is good. It's all on you, especially when they're rigging the system against you. They're rigging it for themselves and against the average worker. And, uh, you, you know, kind of like your comment about, yeah, you're not poor. Yeah, I'm not one of those hourly workers. I'm not struggling at eight, nine, ten dollars an hour. But I think it's ridiculous. I also think it's ridiculous as a business owner that you would pay anyone that. I think, I think exactly. you should be ashamed. If you're paying someone $10 an hour, you should be ashamed. You're a failed business person. If that's what you're still paying, you know, the, the average Taco Bell and, and franchise restaurant like that costs about a million and a half to open. And you're paying people $10? No, like you are abusing people. You're abusing them to enrich yourself. I don't have any tolerance for that. I, I think it's wrong. Exactly. And this chancery court that he wants to create to allow him, give him the home court advantage on these bad laws they want to pass when they get appealed. I'm like, that's over overreach, right? That's big government again, overreach to benefit me once more. Yeah, the, I mean, the Chancery Court, the, what, part of the problem they have is that the, this TNGOP supermajority is so far right wing, they are out of line with all of our big cities and a lot of even county and city level governments of, of some of the smaller cities. And so the big cities are, have sued them over different laws like the educational voucher law and stuff. And at every point they keep losing in court. So they, they're the ones passing unconstitutional laws. They're the ones passing laws that go against our own state constitution and laws. And the judges keep handing down rulings that are consistent with our own laws and history. And, and so they keep losing instead of recognizing like, oh, maybe these are bad ideas. Maybe this hurts people. They want to set up their own little system. And, I mean, literally rig it with three justices of Billy's choosing. And so for the next year, however long until there's a new governor, you know, if he got a second term, it would keep going. And in this chancery court is only to hear cases brought by other cities and counties. It's only for like internal lawsuits. So it is literally like we already have a court system for this, right? Like I, I asked my lawyer friend who is not, who is not liberal. He's like, yeah, this is stupid. Like we already have an appeals court. We have a state court for, they want to create a separate court for this just for the issues where cities are suing them because they want to rig it and they want to ram these laws down the throats of all Tennesseans this is not how government's supposed to function. I understand why people say government's not the answer because these bozos get in power and they do everything they can to destroy anything that's good and helps people. Exactly. It's just, it's so embarrassing, Brad. And the bridge in Memphis, another issue, infrastructure. Now, yeah. that's, that's closed for months. And that's, I-40 yeah. Ridge in Memphis, and Billy goes mm -hmm. to Memphis like, on Tuesday or whatever, runs his little, runs his little mouth about, but you're talking, you've been political with, but Biden's infrastructure money to come to Tennessee. Like, I've driven down I-40 to Memphis. Those bridges going to Memphis aren't that great either. Right, so, right. 
this is all the boring stuff that government's supposed to take care of. You know, like I, I did not get into politics because I love politics. I get into politics because I was sick of reading articles about dumb stuff while problems weren't being handled, right? Politics is supposed to be, there should be people worrying about the bridges and the roads and our internet infrastructure and our electric infrastructure and all these and clean water and all these things we should have government should be functioning in these areas so that the average people don't have to worry about it. Most of it, you know, I don't want to wor have to worry about environmentalism. I just want, when I go to the lake, I want it to be clean and nice and not a bunch of trash. And I don't want some big company dumping a bunch of pollutants into a lake or river, you, you know? And, and so I expect government to take care of that, right? I expect them to handle that. I expect them to make sure that employers are giving their workers a fair deal. I don't want to have to worry that when I go get a cup of coffee that the people, you know, working there can't pay their bills, you know, then that's ridiculous. We've, we've got to pay workers. Everyone should be able to pay their bills. And these aren't people that are living large. The government's supposed to, they, they aren't there to solve everything. They're there to solve the mundane problems that exist that we need to take care of, like a bridge. Because now that bridge is, is uh, shut down, that impacts transportation, that impacts commuters, that impacts anyone traveling. We're just about to hit summer. It's a huge, and we don't want to, we don't want to be thinking about bridges. We just want it to work. We want someone to make sure that this infrastructure is in place because that's the kind of stuff that hurts our economy. And, and these are the same people that vote against every infrastructure bill at every, every year, every time, every chance they get. And now they're turning around and blaming Biden, who's, you know, been in office 110, 120 days. I, I guess it's his fault that the Memphis Bridge, the, that crack didn't just happen in the last two months, right? Exactly. So I, it's I, been happening. I, I, don't, I don't buy their, their blame game. I mean, this is the stuff that they don't invest in, and, and uh, they just don't have any foresight. They really don't. And while this, I, I drove down to Memphis, Brad, the, the, the Jackson project is still going on in Jackson. The same stuff from years ago. I'm like, they ain't finished this project yet? Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> or while the rest stations closed. Like, I don't understand. I'm thinking, what the heck is Bill Lee and his people doing? Like, going to yeah. Atlanta. Like, right, right, right after Mont Eagle, if I cross Tennessee River, that rest station is closed. The rest station is closed. I got to go yeah. right there at the Weapons yeah. in Chattanooga. Like, come on. It's like, it's, it's crazy. Well, these are the things you've got to start thinking about ahead of time, right? Like right now, like there's places that we probably need bridges or might in five or 10 years. We need to be planning this. Internet infrastructure, so important right now. We should be making, I know we're making some investments, but we should be rolling this out rapid speed as fast as we can to rural areas in Tennessee. We just saw during this pandemic how not having high quality speed internet locks you out. You can't, you can't do a classroom Zoom. You can't do job interviews. There's certain, there's economic opportunity for jobs where people can work from home that, that could bring jobs to Tennesseans. But if your internet's so slow, you can't do it. So we've got to be making these investments now. These things just don't happen. And they certainly don't happen when we rely on the big ISPs. You know, if we, if we wait on Comcast and AT&T, whoever, to roll out high-speed internet to our rural communities, we're going to be waiting another 20, 30, 40 years. We've got to do this now. And, and I, I think it's so important for our economy that we, we bring this to everyone. So, you know, I, I, 
we've got to have some foresight on these issues and understand we're living in a changing economy and a changing world. Plus we just added in the pandemic. We, we got to be looking ahead to how we can help best Tennesseans have a better life, have access to healthcare, get their kids educated and have the opportunities they deserve. And so I, I just think we're headed in the wrong direction. Yeah, and that's the part I hate, Brad. Is I thought like Tennessee and Georgia and Alabama's going backwards. We're, we're not coming. We're not coming for going backwards. And I'm like, you know, it's it's shameful. But my thought is, Brad, we have to fight back. We can't just accept it, you know. Yeah. And I'll take your hate emails. I'll take your hate comments. I believe in what's right, Brad. I I, I don't care. I'm everybody liking me. I'm, I'm not. I'm not everybody's cup of tea. But I'm gonna be real with people and give you the real truth. Then just try to shine a light on what's going on and help everybody where I can. To, here's my voice to say, hey, open your eyes up, open your mind up, see what's going on around you, and say, is this really what I want to deal with? What I want something different? Yeah, I mean, look, let, let's talk about the the worker issue that they were, you know, that they've said people are lazy, people just don't want to work. I think this is part of the problem with the GOP, and this is why you're right, Democrat messaging has to be better, because we're always responding to their rhetoric, which misrepresents the situation. They love these simple catchphrases, like no one wants to work. That, that's not the issue. The issue is we had a pandemic. The issue is that food service workers, waiters and waitresses and bartenders, were already underpaid and overworked to begin with, before the pandemic. Then they were in jobs that exposed them to COVID. So they had to make some really tough choices, especially people that were immune compromised and, and stayed home. And, and, and uh, now as a result of all of this, a lot of workers in several industries like that are looking for a different career. They're not trying to go back. They know how they were treated. Everything, everything started going to hell. Well, who paid the price? Not the restaurant owners, because they got that PPP money, right? Mm -hmm. You think they just divvied that up amongst their employees? Come on. I, I wasn't born yesterday. I know what's up. They let people go. They fired them or they reduced their hours. They took that PPP money. They made sure they were whole. But who paid the price? And th this is what I see big businesses doing all the time. They push their risk down to the workers. Right? So if things go bad, they, they cut their money. Food service workers already just get paid in tips. That's a, this is an absurd system that we've allowed to perpetuate where we pretend that paying someone $2.13 an hour plus tips is somehow okay. So you go into work. I know I'm going to work six hours today. I have no idea how much I'm going to make. How is that supposed to work? How are Sick. you supposed to have a budget? And, and then if you go in and you're supposed to work six, eight hours, but it's slow that day, what happens? The manager says, I'm, I'm going to cut you. I don't need you. Jerry, you can go home. Okay, well, now I thought I was going to make 50 bucks today or 100 bucks. Now I've made 10. So, so now what? I'm scrambling. We're always pushing the risk to the people that are the most vulnerable. And, and those are the people that when they get hit with an emergency expense, whether it's for their car or they're trying to fund something for their kid to go to a camp or participate in a sport or get hit with, God forbid, a healthcare emergency, they're the ones that really get hurt the most. And, and I just don't think it's acceptable for us to continue to perpetuate that. And I think it's wrong on the business owners to do it. If you're going to run a business, you have to have a commitment, not just to profits, but to your community and to yes. the people that you hire, 
not just the people who are your customers, but for the people that you hire that work for you, that you work, you, you have, and, and so if, as far as the businesses that only focus on profit, I don't care if we get rid of them. If all you care about is just making money, 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 and you don't care if you underpay people and pollute the water and deny people healthcare and do terrible things, then no, we, we've got to hold businesses accountable. You're going to be more than just a profit center that sucks the life out of Tennesseans. You're, if you do business in Tennessee, you should be giving back to the community you're in, not just taking out. Got there, right, bro. I told you this privately, man. I'm going to make sure I'm in Tennessee to help you guys in 2022. Get rid of Billy. Get rid of Brian Kemp. I have a mission. I, I want to get rid of these jokers. I mean, even DeSantis in Florida. I might go down to Florida, man. I, I just, I cannot sit here and watch these clowns ruin states any more than they've already done because I feel like, Brad, it hurts people like that who, who live in my old neighborhood still, the, the worst. They catch hell. Mm -hmm. I say the worst, you know, and I'll always be, I, Brad, I'll never forget where I came from, man. So I know how those people, to play those people, man. And I know I have a platform and a voice. And I, I know people who will help me. And I know I have people who I can help get, get behind me. So I'm going to use my platform for good to help out people in Tennessee, Georgia, hopefully Florida as well, because it's too important to let these clowns run amok anymore and ruin people's lives anymore, in my opinion, brother. Yeah, I agree. Everyone deserves it. We can do better. We can do better than this. And, you know, people talk about loving America and loving Tennessee. Love your... When you love something, you want the best for it. You don't just accept things as they are if you know it's not. You know, I have a nine-year-old daughter. I love her more than anything in the world, right? I, she, it would be wrong of me as a father not to correct her when she needs some assistance. Not to say, hey, you could do better. This is pretty good, but I think you could do better here. I'd be a terrible father if I just said, yep, at nine, you've done the best you've ever done. So if we love America, if we love Tennessee, we love Georgia, we got to have some aspirations and we got to say, okay, you know, we got some problems, we're going to acknowledge them and then we're going to get to work and we can do better. Well, that's last word from Brad, Bat, my brother, Brad. Thank you for your time, brother. We'll do this again real soon. It's always fun to talk to you, man. I love politics, as you already know, man. Good to talk with you about Tennessee as always, my brother. Thanks, Jared. All right, folks, it's Brad Bat on the Boss Man Show. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.